0: Welcome back to episode 12 of Marcus Aurelius' Meditations for Modern Life. Also, if you're in the UK, happy Mother's Day. (laughs) I'd like to say once again... Thank you to everybody for valuing the show. Thank you for the reviews. Every time I see one of those pop up, um, you know, it, it, it makes my day. Um, so, you know, if you are valuing the show and have yet to leave me a review on Apple, please do so. It'd be very much appreciated. And of course, it helps the, the show grow. Um, so more people can benefit from the info that, uh, you guys hopefully still are. Without further ado, let's move on to passage 12 from book 2. How all things quickly vanish, our bodies themselves lost in the physical world, the memories of them lost in time, the nature of all objects of the senses, especially those which allure us with pleasure, frighten us with pain, or enjoy the applause of vanity, how cheap they are, how contemptible, shoddy, perishable and dead. These are matters for our intellectual faculty to consider and further considerations. What are they? These people whose judgments and voices confer or deny esteem? What is death? Someone looking at death per se and applying the analytical power of his mind to divest death of its associated images, will conclude that it is nothing more than a function of nature. And if anyone is frightened of a function of nature, he is a mere child. And death is not only a function of nature, but also to her benefit. Further, how does man touch God? With what part of his being? And when that part of him is in what sort of disposition? Okay, this is quite a wonderful passage. There's so much you could kind of go into with this one. And, you know, I've obviously tried to do so and touch on the main points. and But at the same time, of course, keep it relatively brief. The first thing to kind of consider is the time of writing. And, of course, Marcus's mindset um, and thoughts, really, at the time that, you know, propel him to talk about the concepts in this passage. So there are some relating to things that I've already touched on. Um, but really, firstly, consider that at this point in life, Marcus is a pretty old man. He knows that he's not going to live forever. And he is no doubt contemplating something such as death. But doing so from a standpoint, and, and maybe as well, in in some respect, trying to remind himself of those principles of Stoic philosophy. Um, one of the things that I know about Marcus from um, some of the other things that I've studied is that he would often actually, the times where he would feel struggle, are more related to the fact that he's questioning himself why. He may feel an emotional context of something. So he may well be coming to terms with or thinking about, you know, the possibility of death, but then applying those stoic principles and reminding himself of them to deal with that, I guess, in a better way. So when we look at like the main sort of principles of stoicism, we're looking at the greater good, everything serving that greater good. We're looking at not holding emotion. Um, because it's showing like a lack of control of our mind to things that sort of give us pain or pleasure. And we're trying to look at everything with objectivity and reason, um, almost from a sort of viewpoint of an onlooker, an onlooker who could see that greater good as well. So initially in the passage, Marcus mentions how quickly things vanish, including our bodies. So again, touching on the point that we're really just a speck in time in the context of how long man has been around, how long the universe has been around, um, and that the objects of our senses that, you know, give us sort of pleasure, frighten us with pain, or that allow us to enjoy applause of vanity, i.e. Um, allow us to enjoy, you know, the comments we may receive from people about how good we look or praise for something that we may have done at work, you know, that makes us feel good. So the applause of vanity, if you like, but then obviously mentions how cheap they are, those things. So to sum up, you know, what he's kind of talking about there, it's again, that um, perception of why is something good? Why is something deemed pleasurable? Why is something deemed painful? It is just our perception. So we're giving a label to those things. And if we're living our life, just chasing the things that give us pleasure, avoiding the things that give us pain, then we're kind of missing a bigger picture because anything that gives us pain in a moment ultimately serves the greater good. And similarly, if we see things as giving us pleasure, We're perhaps missing the downside that will later be brought into our lives. And of course, in doing that, we realise the thing that gives us pleasure is not a fantasy, i.e. it only brings positives and no negatives. It will serve the greater good. And that might mean that that pleasure is balanced elsewhere with equivalent pain, because there's always that perfect balance of positives and negatives and it's the greater good though that that balance will serve so going back actually to the last episode um i obviously talked about that that sort of serving um of the greater good and they're not really being evil etc it's a case of like sort of looking at, at that greater good and knowing that if a certain path has been chosen that brings some pain in that moment that would only be chosen you know by the divine perfection of the universe if it was necessary for the, if, for the greater good. So if that was the best way to lead to the greater good, then that short-term pain or sacrifice of one thing in life or one person, if it's bringing something about that's to the greater good and is the best way to do so, that's why it's happening. Else it would not be happening in the first place. And then, of course, we move on to, judgments from others. So that can actually relate, of course, to the um applause for, of, of vanity. Um, so you know what I just touched on with praise. But then of course Marcus touches on um you know what what are they? These people whose judgments and voices confer or deny esteem. So again we're we're talking about judgment here. I think something again that I've touched on previously. So if anyone is judging you What's really going on there? They're actually judging themselves. So if they are giving you negative judgments in a certain area, it will no doubt be because they actually, for whatever reason and subconsciously this will be, have you on a pedestal. Okay, so they're actually seeing, some, whether it's some sort of praise, whether it's something that you've done great, that they are missing in themselves. They therefore see you on a pedestal above them and to make them feel better they're going to look for an area where they can actually try to bring you down to level that playing field so therefore they're taking you off that pedestal and they're actually balancing and making themselves feel better in the process and that is basically why we, we judge at any any time and uh, again go back to the previous episodes for a little more on that one and then of course we come onto death and you know he's contemplating what death is It's obviously, if anything happens, it's for a greater good. So that's the idea is toiling with around death, trying to understand that even death is for the greater good. So first thing to consider is we are just that sort of speck in a moment in time. And therefore, it's what we do in that time. We're all going to die at some point. So what we do in that time is... It's really important to us. You know, it's what can we do to make our mark, to leave our legacy. And the only time that we would actually experience death is when the, in doing so, we serve that greater good. Now, I'm actually recording this um, on Mother's Day in the UK, having just sort of put out a post relating to... You know, it's, it's obviously been a challenging year uh, around the world with the COVID virus. Many people may be experiencing a Mother's Day that's somewhat different this year. Um, you know, you may have had the unfortunate loss in your, in your life, but notes that a mother's love always lives within you. So by nature, a mother's highest value is the protection and bringing up of their young. And when there comes a point where the greater good and the highest way to serve that highest value of a mother may be to actually let you take that next chapter alone, then we shouldn't necessarily feel bad about death because there'll be many mothers now looking down, seeing a struggle their children may be going through, but then also waiting to smile as they see the benefit that comes as a result of that struggle. Again, let's relate to any challenges, bring us equal blessings. So it may well be needed to serve your next stage in life, that your mother is no longer there to able, necessarily able to dictate things by her presence, but to actually let you sort of flourish through as the result of a struggle. And she's waiting to look down and smile and therefore knows that her sacrifice was worth it. Because at the end of the day, a mother sacrifices for a young all her life. And when it's the highest value, that means that even death, if it's going to serve that greater good, is a worthwhile sacrifice. So the mother's love will live on in you and in living the chapter that you are at the moment, whether it's a struggle, whether it's the part that comes following the struggle Just know that in doing so, you'll be fulfilling your mother's highest value, whether she is still on earth with you or not. And of course, at the end, Marcus touches on how does a man touch God, with what part of his being, and when that part of him is in what sort of disposition. So we go back to a lot of the sort of ancient Greek philosopher thoughts about the soul, never actually dying, maybe in death. He's actually seen that that's the closest way to touch God or to reach divinity. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And of course, please leave a review um, if you haven't already done so and keep sharing the show. Thank you very much.